When disaster strikes and you get the call, being prepared will keep you a step ahead. Welcome to Service Calls, a podcast for service techs brought to you by TechTown and Food Service Equipment Reports. I'm Rob LaFriends, and in this episode, we're talking about responding to calls following a natural disaster, like a hurricane or a tornado. And joining me, a big welcome to Food Service Equipment Reports Managing Editor, Lauren Coglin. We'll also hear about the time the dishwasher saved the day. But first, with Hurricane Ida making headlines earlier this month, Service Calls looks to Connecticut and checks in with Gary's East Coast Service Service Manager, Chris Evans, on how technicians can best prepare for a disaster. Uh, to start, is everyone okay at Gary's East Coast after Ida's remnants came through your area? Yes, we had no no major issues with anyone. Everyone was safe, uh, got around safely. Just a little minor issues, <laughs> but nothing bad. Well, that's good. good, good. We're glad to hear it. Very good to hear. Chris, what roles have you seen service technicians play in responding to a disaster, um, whether it's a flood, ice storm, or even something man-made like a fire? For the most part, we, we respond to them as we would with you know any other service call out there. Uh, we do put the safety of our technicians above, you know, getting somewhere. But, I mean, we're, of course, we're there to help people get reopened again. And a lot of times we're, we're brought in sometimes when the insurance companies are there, if it's a total loss and dealing with them and the adjusters. You know, in general, we, if we're out there on the road and someone needs help, we always lend a hand to people out there as well. What are some service calls you might expect from uh, food service operators during a, a disaster like that? Over this last one with Ida, basically we had a, uh, a bar pizza restaurant out, out in New Haven that had an issue where they're, they have one oven. It's like a big brick oven that flooded with water. And basically the oven went down because the water shorted out the outlet and got everything wet. So... Turns out they thought it was coming through the flue for the oven, but it wasn't. They had construction going on somewhere and someone left a window open and the water came in through the window and flooded the oven. Oh, man. It could have been worse because luckily the water went into where the cooking happens and it didn't thankfully get any of the components wet or anything like that. So it was just a matter of getting stuff to dry out and then fire it back up again. That was probably... Thankfully, I would say that was really the only only storm-related service we ended up in this past one. More generally, how do you train your service technicians to respond to disasters, and um, how can they best stay safe and organized? What we basically try to do, and and this we try to get them to do, you know, every day to bring the stuff with them. Like, there's a lot of guys there; they they have prescriptions they got to take on a regular basis. So we try to have them make sure they keep a day or two worth of the meds that they can't not you know can't miss uh also to keep some food and and water in the van in case you're stuck on the side of the road uh thankfully we've we've never had that happen uh we usually try to cut the technicians loose before it gets too badly and get them home so that when whatever storm or whatever it is happens they're ready to go again they just got to take their time and, you know, watch themselves on the road and watch out for others more than more than them, because some people just don't know how to drive in bad weather. My biggest thing is I'd rather have the guys get home safely if they go home earlier 
they can get in the next day or the day after whenever the weather gets better and they'll just you know make up for what was what was lost for sure the the, the problem will still be there absolutely <laughs> Now, I know you guys have uh, dealt with this type of stuff before, but uh, did you, have you run into any surprising challenges as techs travel to or are on site at, you know, a, a, an operation following a disaster? And, um, you know, if so, how, how can you prepare for it now? One thing that sticks out in my mind, we had a tornado come through here uh, quite a few years ago, which is not a common occurrence for us. I mean, I don't ever remember hearing of one, uh, but we had a technician that was working pretty much in the path of the tornado. Thankfully, by the time it reached where she was, uh, the heavy, the really bad winds and stuff had, had gone away and it was no longer a tornado, but the hail that was coming down was probably at least golf ball size hail. So she ended up getting stuck on the side of the road for probably 30 to 40 minutes waiting for it to pass, basically hiding in the back of the van away from all the windows. And it sounded like there was a machine gun shooting the van. She said it was so loud uh, and it caused a lot of damage to the vehicle. I mean, no one was hurt. She wasn't hurt or anything shaken up. The windshield got destroyed and uh, most of the body got just destroyed from the hail. Uh, and that's, that's where I really get to the point now is I definitely put getting them home sooner than leaving them out there longer because if she would have gotten home earlier on, it wouldn't have happened quite possibly, but then she might have driven right through where the tornado was because she lived not too far from there. Did any of your other technicians have any experiences with that particular tornado? With that one, they did not. No, I mean we've had we've had a couple issues, believe it or not, where um, we were working on a rest in one of the rest areas on the highway, and this isn't even a storm. Apparently somebody's boyfriend or something ended up showing up at this rest area armed with guns, just looking to kill somebody. I, we have no idea who, but I had two technicians that were basically, again, hiding in the back of a van. Uh, luckily, nothing ever happened from that. They, they ended up finding when the cops came, they found the guy and stuff. But it was an intense moment. And, you know, we're waiting around 20, 30 minutes trying to find out uh, is everyone all right? And thank God nobody got hurt in that. But it's that's something I really never would have expected to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, or at least, you know, and it's it becomes a scary thing. It's I, I was worried for them probably more than they were worried for themselves, quite possibly. But because um, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. You know, I, I've, we've asked this question a lot, but um, I think that you now take the lead in surprising challenges on on, on <laughs> operations. Yeah, you gotta be uh, you gotta be ready for anything, and you know, I try to remain level headed in in the situations. And you know, I mean, I can only do so much from sitting where I'm at. And but is, you know, if nothing else, if you're nothing more than a uh, voice of reason, something to keep the person calm, I think is a, a big help in itself. So they don't feel like they're alone. Absolutely. And what did, uh, what advice do you have for technicians who, uh, or find themselves uh, dealing with a, a natural disaster on a personal level at home, as well as uh, trying to do their jobs and help operators recover? Well, I mean, the first thing I would probably say is, you need to make sure that your family is taken care of and everything is all right on 
on your personal level at home, whether it be with your wife and kids, your parents, whatever it might be, to make sure that everything is situated there. Because if not, when you're out there trying to help someone else, your mind isn't there. Your mind's someone else. It's at home. So that's number one, in my opinion, is to make sure, get everything situated on your personal end, and then get out there and help the customers get back up and running. Because I think if if you're not 100% there, you're just asking for an accident or mistake to happen. That would be my best advice is get yourself situated first, then help somebody else. Great stories and even better advice. Thanks as always. Gary's East Coast Service, Service Manager Chris Evans. Next up, it's our From the Field segment. And on the phone from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, it's K&D Factory Service President Dan Dibler. And this one might be a bit uh, exhausting. Dan, can you tell us about a call you got about a combi oven at a high-end restaurant in your area? So the complaint was it would uh, shut off, shut down, wasn't running properly. We sent our technician out. He shows up, could not replicate the problems that the customer was having on it. A couple of days later, we get a call from the customer. It's again, not, not running to temp, shutting down, you know, having issues. The tech goes out, sees what's happening, um, gets on the phone with the manufacturer because he can't really figure out why it's happening. And they throw some ideas at him. He ends up replacing a few, few parts. Then he gets it and it's running and he leaves. And you got to know the restaurant and the manufacturer pretty good because, as you're going to tell us, this turned into a regular thing. For about three months and 16 calls, we need to go out and couldn't replicate the problem or go out and see the problem and, and try to fix it. And it was just an ongoing issue because it was so um, intermittent. The issues were so intermittent, we couldn't figure it out. So about three months later... After we're going through all this, and it's still actively an issue with the customer, uh, the manufacturer came into our training facility in Allentown with their lead engineer and trainer to do a, a training class for my technicians. So we set it up with the rep and the service manager that while they were there, we'd take them out to this customer so maybe they could figure out what's going on with this problem. So we all go out. I was, I was out with them. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a tech by any means. Like when I go on a service call to help out, I'm a laborer. I am not a technician. But it was such an issue with the customer, I thought it was appropriate uh, for me to be there. So again, it's having the intermittent issues. Can't get it to run right. It seems to be basically choking out. We couldn't tell if it was a clogged water supply. Like we were talking about, do we change out the entire RO system on this thing? Or do we do this? We're looking at it. And um, there's two separate hoods, and because the one hood was running and the makeup air was coming in, couldn't really tell what was going on with the other hood. And, you know, we're following the duct work. We go outside. We're looking. Yeah, it's two separate exhaust systems for it. So you're not messing around now. Uh, who have you got in this restaurant trying to pin down the problem? So we were probably there for about an hour and a half, two hours, with the head engineer from the manufacturer and the lead trainer from that manufacturer, our lead tech, our service manager, myself, and my general manager. All there. You got, a, you got the whole crew out there. Whole crew just trying to put this issue to bed. So you've got everyone there, and then what happens that gives you that aha moment? So we come in, and um, from outside looking at the exhausts for the, 
for the ductwork because the, the hood it was under kind of had a weird bend to it and never seen anything like that. We come back in and we're still looking at the hood and the dishwasher walks in. He said, oh, do you need that hood on? And we're like, yeah. Flips it on. He's like, yeah, we only run that hood when we're running the dishwasher. Oh, man. So all this time, what had happened was the customer had put an addition on his kitchen with a separate hood for the dishwasher. But that particular copy unit was on the end of the cook line, which was under the second hood, not the first hood. So all this time and effort that we put into it, the dishwasher solved the problem by saying, you need the hood on, turn it on. And literally told us they only run the hood when they're running the dishwasher. But the combi was under that hood, so it wasn't getting enough uh, makeup air. And it was basically choking itself out with carbon monoxide. And that is <laughs> the story that the dishwasher saved the day, which explains why it was an intermittent issue. So when we came out and we couldn't repeat the, repeat the issue, it's because the hood was running because they were running the dishwasher. And then when they weren't running that dishwasher, they'd turn that hood off, and then they'd have the issues with the combi unit. So uh, what's the takeaway for service technicians on this one? I, I think the one good takeaway is you know, make sure you're asking everybody in the kitchen who is within contact of, of a unit. Don't be afraid to reach out uh, to the manufacturers. And, you know, if you can't figure it out, um, that's what they're there for. And in this case, the manufacturer couldn't even figure it out. So, And it was as simple as flipping a switch. And it was simple as flip, flipping a switch and uh, the, the customer education that, you know, that hood needs to be running at all times when any units that are under it are running. I've said it before. The dishwasher is the most important person in the kitchen. Case in point. Thank you, K&D Factory Service President Dan Dibler. Next up, it's time for some nuts and bolts, and that's where we turn to you for your thoughts on our monthly question. This time, we're asking about what is the tool you can't do without when you're on calls. First up, we have Smart Care Equipment Solutions Lead Service Technician, Ryan Rosebrock. A toolkit that I recently added is the Testo Smart Probes for refrigeration. They're wireless sensors for both temperature and pressure that you can hook up to any refrigeration system and you don't have to be tethered with your hoses onto the unit. And the readouts are on your phone, they're very accurate and digital down to the 10th of a PSI. So if you were going to do a pressure test on a system, you pressurized it with normal analog gauges, if you were looking for a decay in pressure indicating a leak, it's very difficult to see any movement in those needles, especially on the low side. So if you hooked up these Testo probes, you can even walk away from the unit, perform another job and come back and then log back on to the Bluetooth and see down to the 10th of a PSI whether or not you have a leak on high or low side. Another advantage is if you were working inside of a walk-in freezer box, you could clamp on the temperature probe onto the suction line and hook into the service tap on the suction line and if you were watching for, say, superheat or whatever readings inside of that freezer box, you don't have to stand inside of there. Once the Bluetooth connects to your phone, you can walk outside of the box and monitor everything from out there, which is a place that I'd much rather be standing myself. The next two came in via email, so a couple of my colleagues lent their voices. Uh, this one is from EMR Baltimore technician Mark Boner. 
All technicians should have is basic troubleshooting tools, besides, obviously, hand tools. I know I can't be without my digital voltmeter, amp probe, temp probe, manometer, digital preferred, and some sort of pressure gauge. And let's not forget a good LED flashlight. All of these things will help the tech, along with his troubleshooting skills, properly diagnose the issue. And lastly, this one is from Duffy's AIS field service technician, Eric Sowers. There is one piece of technology I can't live without on a service call, and that is my tablet. It is such a valuable tool when searching for schematic diagrams on a manufacturer's website or parts installation diagrams on Partstown's website. Every field technician should carry a tablet. It is literally all the information in the world right there in the palm of your hand, ready for you to access and help you out of a jam or anything else you need at any given time. Sometimes it is truly a lifesaver. Thank you to Ron Brown and Bob Kessler, respectively, for voicing up those responses. And thank you to everyone who chimed in this week. We really do appreciate your time. Next month, our question is, what's one issue in the service industry right now, and how would you solve it? We'd love to hear from you, and you can call in to leave a message. Our number is 312-788-7618. That's 312-788-7618. You can also email or record a voice memo on your phone and send it along to servicecalls at fermag.com. And that's it for this episode of Service Calls, brought to you by Tech Town in partnership with Food Service Equipment Reports. We'll be back next month, so be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I'm Rob LaFrance. Rivet360 has made podcasting easy for us. To get their help, visit rivet360.com.